start. Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0, and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barry and Mac Show. We are bringing you our special Gorilla Nuts episode of the week. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And alongside me, former Sooner wide receiver, 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. How are we doing today, D-Mac? What's going on, B? Doing well, man. Feeling the, the high and euphoria of whooping some ass on Saturday. So we got a bye week to uh to, to relish in that. So doing good. Awesome. Doing good. Did you see uh Todd Bates video where he said the three things that gotta be paid with urgency? What was it? Money, uh, there was something else, and you know and what? Whooping. Um, did you see stunts? What he said. I did. I did. Tell the people if they haven't. Tell the people what he oh, said. I posted it on my Twitter. I had to. That that's 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 Baker Mayfield esque. That's Bosworth esque. When your when your and again that's alpha dog language. When your middle backer says, number one, Oklahoma only fears God. Number two, Texas fears Oklahoma. Bro, that gave me chills. That gave me chills. I was like. That's OU Texas. That's what OU Texas is about. That's the OU Texas game I remember. We went to that game every October ready to kick their ass. They went into that game every October hoping they wouldn't get their ass whooped. Wow. You you felt – so when you're watching that, I think this would be interesting for the fans to know, you felt some of that energy from back when you played. You're like, oh, that's that's the same thing that we've that, that we've already done known about. And you remember last year, I was kind of saying to you, like, it just didn't look like OU football, like just what OU football personifies, right? Like this, it's not it's not necessarily uh, a super high ego. It's not. Uh, but you heard Bates say, it. matter of fact, I heard Chavis's pregame speech. They showed it on the OU football Twitter. It was fire. And of course, you heard Stutz. It's you know you deserve it because you earned that shit. Like, like you know you earned it. Let's go out there and and uh you know saying what what did BV say? BV said this is harvest. The harvest is today. And you can see it all throughout that game, who the more dominant team was, who the more physical team was, what team wanted it more, expected it more. And like I say, when your middle linebacker says Oklahoma only fears God. And Texas fears Oklahoma. And when he says it, you see the conviction in his eyes. Yeah. That's big time. Yeah. That's big time. That, the man cave. that is going in the man cave. Danny Stutzman earned the right. Like, I want the picture. I, I saw that they posted some shirts, but I'm not going to do it the way the shirts look. But I do want the actual picture of him chilling with the hat and the cigar and his legs crossed. And I, want the quote, I want the quote to the left. Oh, that's going to the man cave. That, that's, that's epic. You know what I'm saying? You gotta show love when love is, is is due and and they they spoke it and then they did it. Man, I, think, I think that is a big testament too to like the player that Stutzman has become. And that I don't think Danny uh, even a year ago is that guy. And 
it probably hurt, not probably, it hurt Oklahoma a year ago because I don't think they had that guy. Yeah. I think there was a player like that on the team because you know what, DMAC, if there was, we would have seen that video last year. Yep. We didn't see that video last year. Right. There was a then they had to if I don't know if, if you saw the whole thing, they were they were bleeping out a lot of expletives. The hundred percent was hundred percent. Yeah. Even Dylan and they didn't bleep out all of them. Some of them made <laughs> yeah. it through the edit. <laughs> yep, Some of them made it through the edit. Yeah, man. It was it was good stuff. So there was a lot of gorilla nuts plays and players of the game to go around. So we're gonna we're gonna get this thing started, DMAC. Let's go offense, man. Offense goes 75 yards in a minute 17 to seal the freaking game. Tell me, offensive gorilla nuts player play of the game goes to who for DMAC? You know what? Uh, I mean, the, the the easy answer I posted on my my Twitter, and and by the way, like four thousand people agreed. Uh, DG, right? Flowers given. I posted on my Twitter. I posted on 360. I'll say it publicly here. Dylan uh, has earned his flowers. He doesn't deserve them. He earned them. He put the work in. He he made it count when it was the biggest moment um, and, and went against what people thought. Some of people being Damien, uh, he could or would do in the big moments. And I'm super happy because I'm, I'm, I'm an OU fan, man. I'm an alumni and I went there and done that, but I'm a fan today. And when I see those guys perform, damn it, I'm going, I'm going to show them love. And so DG is the easy answer, but I want to, I want to add something to that. I want to add Drake Stoops, by the way, on the low. Drake Stoops is a Texas killer. Let's not sleep. Drake's been making key okay. plays against Texas for years. I want to say he has the key touchdown, the the uh, Jalen Hurts year, where we go to like three or four overtimes or something. I, I don't know if it's Hurts year. Or it's not Caleb's. It's Jalen Hurts year. No, that was Rattler in 20. Rattler had – it was almost a similar route concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About the drive started. Um, uh, in this game, it was very similar. Uh, but he wanted an OT. That was a rattler throw. Was that a rattler throw? All I know is young pup, uh, Stoops made it happen. But um, listen, the answer to the question is Dylan. But I want to particularly add um, Drake to that because those drives and and those are bread basket catches that Drake makes. But Drake is not afraid of making the play. And I think this is kind of like a career, uh, gorilla nuts for him. Just being reminiscent of multiple times and multiple seasons where Drake has come up with a play that has been critical. And sometimes, you know, Mims was the man when Drake was around and uh, Drake played with, uh, I want to say CD, I believe when CD's years, they were pups or Drake's been around forever. And so uh, Dylan to be the catalyst, uh, that drive, what Dylan was able to do with his feet, with his legs, and with, excuse me, his feet, his arm, and his mind, right? I talk about it all the time. The most dangerous position in college football is a quarterback who can beat you with the trifecta, right? If they obviously they need to be able to throw the ball, it's even better when they can use their mind and beat you pre snap, remove people with their eyes or whatever. But when they can beat you with their feet, but the same type of consequences happen if you let them beat them with their arms, that's a killer. That's a killer person to to have to defend. Dylan did it. So I'm giving Gorilla Nuts of the, of, of the game, dealing with the caveat to Drake Stoops. Drake earned, uh, by the way, 
I critiqued Drake on his damn speed out on fourth down. That's oh, on Drake. Man, that's it. right. The fourth down from Drake is the fourth down miscue to Drake is on Drake. It's not a stick route. It's just a roll into it. If he just rolls into it and runs away from coverage, it's an easy nerf. But because he stuck it, right, it gave the defender time to jump it and it made for a harder throw. Needless to say, mattered most. Those two connecting, uh, making the big plays. Give me Dylan Gabriel with a touch of Drake Stoops. Offensive gorilla nuts of the game. Big, big, big plays and and sooner lore that gonna go down uh for years and years and years to come. Man, I'm gonna go fly. Um Drake or uh Dylan is the easy answer. I think everybody can agree, myself included, that Dylan has uh has earned his keep, he's earned his stuff. When you go out and do that in that type of game, that type of environment, DMAC, the the legend that he's now created for himself, he's going to be in highlights now for till the end of time. That's going yeah. to be, it was honestly one of the more memorable OU Texas games. I think yeah. it's a better game. Folks will debate on this. I think it was a better game than the Caleb comeback. And, and here's why I think both teams are much better. I think team team wise, Texas is a better team than that year. And I think OU is a better team than that year. And people forget it wasn't just that Caleb brought them back in that game. OU was just getting out physical. They were yeah. that was dominant football, right? It that, that was not a it what didn't feel close, right? It wasn't a comeback like Dylan had. This was one of more of a game of the century kind. I won't put it in that echelon, but it had that feel of both teams are really good. We're going back and forth. Texas thinks they win it with a field goal and they go up 30 to 27, but Dylan 117 left says that's enough time, but I'm going to go gorilla nuts. And kind of, as you did, it's a little bit of a two-parter Todd Wee Walker, man. And I think you could also go Jalil Farouk here. You could maybe even go Austin Stogner had a few tough plays in this one, but I'm going to go Todd Wee Walker. And here's why. He didn't have a ton of yards. I want to say he ended up with like 48 on the day. But he got three tough yards every time. I heard somebody on another podcast kind of allude to that. He got tough yards when OU needed it. Rarely in short yardage scenarios did you see him get tackled in the backfield. I don't believe at all. He had one play that is gorilla nuts-esque takes you back to OU dominating Texas in the early and mid-2000s. He has four Texas defenders within reach. Somebody posted the screenshot earlier, within reach of, of tackling him. He lowers the boom probably three or four yards behind the sticks, gets the shoulder down, creates the physical contact, knocks all of them on their ass, and then runs to the sideline, picks up the first down. So Gorilla Nuts got to go to Tawi Walker. Also, you're in the goal line, right? You're, you're down on the goal line. You need scores. You just hand the ball to them. There's no guesswork, right? There's no um, the, the, there's no fancy play calling there. It is line it up and go get the score. And oh, you did that twice with Tawi Walker. The other piece to that is they've been maligned a lot this year, and that is the offensive line. But I'm going to go specifically Caden Green and what he did on a handful of those drives. And I heard Gabe Eichert, or maybe it was Teddy, they called out a few mistakes that he made. 
um, on their podcast. Just time they they saw one play. He actually went the wrong way completely, but he did so with good intensity. And he went out there, Dmac, and 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 he looked like a guy, right? He's he's already a big youngster, but he looks like a dude. And I think with him at that guard spot, especially with the games they got coming up, maybe he'll see some serious snaps if guys aren't fully there. But but he looks like an Oklahoma offensive lineman, right? He looks like how they're supposed to look. And he went out there and did his job against what really is probably a top five defensive line, but only, yeah. only in personnel only because OU dominated that line of scrimmage um, all game. And, and they did it on the offensive side of the ball too. Texas made their plays, right? You know, when you, you guys played them um, in 2001, they had, they had good talent on that other side. And they, and there were times where OU would win, Texas would win, OU would win. And, and it would go a little back and forth. That's what happens when you are both good teams, but gorilla nuts of the day goes to Tawi Walker. And then also that offensive line for Oklahoma moving on to defense defense right here. DMAC, I'll get us started. I, I went back. I've done the rewatch now a couple times. First time focusing on the offense, second time on the defense. Who stood out with some of the stuff they were doing athletically, what the performance looked like in a level up on competition. And I'm going Rondell Bothroyd, man. I, I really want folks to go back and watch the game and watch how utterly more physical he is than anybody Texas throws out there. The whole game, he is taking. <laughs> he's taking on tackles. Um, he does some work on both tackles. He he is moving really well. He's he's got an inside move. He's got outside moves. He's strong with his hands. He's he he understands leverage and pad level really well. He's just he plays like an older player is expected to play who's been in a system, who's been developed. And this guy's uh, first year out, out of uh, Wake Forest, away from Wake Forest. I think this is yep. his only year at Oklahoma. But DMAC, he's making some hay, making a name for himself, and he, he'll probably get a sniff at the NFL. He is a guy right. who, who I think his athleticism dump, doesn't jump out of you like a PJ or like some of the other guys coming, but he – absolutely brings the tenacity one of the plays he had i think it was the one where ewers was almost across the line of scrimmage dude blast the tight end blast the tackle does a spin move and then closes distance on ewers phenomenal phenomenal stuff and just what I, I counted at least four or five times where he just knocks their tackle on his ass or, or knocks the tight end just completely backwards. Multiple times, setting that edge really well, played the run well, was a big piece of why OU didn't let Texas get their more traditional run game going. They had to experiment and do some other things. So Gorilla Nuts, player of the game for me, with a few plays sprinkled in of just sheer Gorilla Nut-dom, goes to Rondell Bob. <laughs> D-Mac, defense, Gorilla Nuts. Not dumb. Not dumb. <laughs> hey, hey to, to echo uh, Bothway, man, he he played a hell of a game. 
you like seeing your strong side in be able to beat the the tackle with half of a body and still be uh, controlling the the edge and really getting pressed with the other half. One thing that I noticed uh, when I was watching the film is, I mean, he's literally one half of him is controlling that that left tackle, and the other half he's he's either ripping across his face or he's cutting off the edge and cutting the porch off, and and playing well. I think it's I think I think he's a great example of Brillin Nuts. Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep the theme with kind of going against the grain, but also like uh, reading the room, right? Understanding the moment. And, you know, like I said, by definition, it's an individual who makes a play that personifies toughness, grit, like, damn it, I ain't gonna let you beat me. And and 99 times out of 100, it is an individual. But in this particular situation, it is the goal line stand. The goal line stand by all 11 players or whoever the community of players was who contributed to those four plays, that is the... That is the anatomy. That is the nucleus. That is like if I was to write a book and said, hey, you can't use an individual person, but you have to, you know, use an event to personify what guerrilla nuts means or is. uh, That's the definition. Let me just kind of take you back to that situation. Number one, we're in the Texas end zone. They're on the edge of their seats. They're ready to dish. They're ready to erupt, to explode, to go bonkers, right? You could see it. They're feeling confidence. I think that this is an opportunity for them to retake the lead or maybe tie the game up. I don't remember. It doesn't matter because we ain't give them shit. But what I do know is in that moment, it was already a moment where in yesteryears, right, we knew fourth and short. Matter of fact, even third and short or any goal to go situation, we're giving up a touchdown. Like that's just who OU was the last six, seven, eight years, right? We don't stop. If we do stop third and short, and sometimes we did, we definitely given up fourth and short. Baylor comes to mind. K-State comes to mind. Texas Tech comes to mind. I can think of plenty of directional school university ANTs that are in our conference that have leveraged those, those short yardage in, um, situations and kicked our ass. This is OU Texas. This is in the Cotton Bowl. This is a play that is essentially it was at that moment when Texas said, oh, shit, we're going to lose. That was really the moment where it really hit them over the head that they were praying for luck. Granted, go back to the very first possession of the game or their very first offensive possession. They had to go for the multiple fourth downs, trick punts, blah, 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 blah. So we were already mentally the tougher, stronger team. But guys, four Goal to go inside the two yard line plays play one. Kip Lewis has the has a phenomenal run through. And really, it's Jacob Lacey who stuffs the center guard gap. I mean, he sits that damn gap in the backfield's lap and Kip shoots the A gap um, like an instinctual player would. Uh, he stops his feet. You see downs and, and the rest of the crew coming through to clean that shit up. First downs canceled. Second down, Desan says, hey, you thought you were tough? Hold my beer. Second down, Desan takes on their quote-unquote all-everything sweat defensive end guy. They're pulling the guard. You got, I don't know if you guys have seen Teddy and Gabe's. Uh, they literally analyze and break down that whole four-play series, but you see a clusterfuck of, of X's and O's. I don't know what the hell Texas is doing, but you also see the tougher, more grittier defense just basically blow shit up. Dayson blows up the edge, and then he he sheds the, the DM, or the DM falls. He sheds the tackle tight end, whoever it is, and makes the damn play. 
third down, it was just a, it was just, they're trying to run power. That is third downs when they're trying to run the quarterback, right? It's like the quarterback kind of yeah. wildcat kind of play. And again, we cancel that a gap. Like is and 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 the player who I think is a catalyst in that play is Canik. Canik gets in there and, and sticks his nose in there, but it really dates on crossing face, getting into the backfield, blowing shit up before it could ever get started. Um, and then on fourth down, you know, they try to change it up and run that little slip screen, uh, which I, it's it's a great play to run. Just wasn't good enough on Saturday. Just wasn't good enough against Oklahoma. It's just not good enough when those piss ass folks from Austin, Texas come to Dallas and try to compete with us. Listen, I'm 43 years old and it's still personal. I, I, I would, when that happened, I had elation like I was a third grader watching uh, 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 Transformers or Voltron and they beat the bad guy or, or you know what I'm saying? I, I really felt like I was watching you know, cartoons as a kid and, and the expected outcome I wanted got there. Like to see them say, y'all ain't getting shit from us. Mm. Uh, and by the way, Barry, this will, this will, this will kind of, you know, tap into what you said. And then the back of your head, you're like, oh shit, we're on the six inch yard line. First and 10, Tawi takes it for 13 yards. We're out of our end zone. You know what I'm saying? Like, ladies and gentlemen, that is the definition of gorilla nuts, right? We make the play four straight downs. We get the ball back, and then we run it right out of the end zone to let them know, nah, bro, this wasn't a finesse. This wasn't an accident. We're here to continue to kick y'all ass. And, um, man, the entire game from start to finish, who was the tougher team? The entire game, who was the more instinctual team? The entire game, which team was more fundamentally sound? Which team led in, in turnovers? Which team had less penalties, right? Which team made more 50-50 plays when it mattered? Which quarterback made the plays that mattered? It's Gorilla Nuts. And, and what I know, what I know is generally that's what it takes to win that game. When we have the bigger nuts, and everybody in that stadium knows it. Oklahoma fears God. And in that scenario, Texas fears Oklahoma. DMAC, it brings me to a, a question I want to touch on before we get out of here today. This is our Gorilla Nuts segment. But I think this has a little bit to do with it, just in terms of the expectations for this team now. Now that you have defeated Texas, and we really didn't go into this on the uh, the previous pod, it, it does feel like Georgia and Michigan are still a step ahead of kind of everybody else in college football right now. Um, Georgia goes out there and dominates Kentucky. We know they're back-to-back -back national champs. Michigan's been there now, I want to say, two out of the last three years, um, getting to the CFP and, and, and doing a good job. Harbaugh's built a nice program. If you're the Sooners now, you're looking at the schedule, you're assuming you're going to play Texas again, but, you know, who knows? Texas and you, Ewers has shown the propensity to have a, a Landry Jones kind of game where he goes out there, turns the ball over, right? Just, just silly plays, even though he's a really good, talented quarterback, right? Um, and people who are putting – I heard a lot of folks, D-Max, say that uh, Ewers was uh, – he, he had one of those bad games that a lot of the turnovers – no, those – the, I guess you could argue that maybe the Gentry pick was was now I don't every single turnover was created because Oklahoma 
was prepared and more physical. The fumble, the gentry pick, and the hit on Sanders that put the ball in the air the, the, where, where the pick took place. So all that to say this, what are the legitimate expectations for Oklahoma? And what, what should the expectations be now for, for the fans watching each and every week? What is a fair expectation for this team? Yeah, I think we've officially transitioned from the the hunters to the hunted. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the players play with a ton of fanfare. I remember going into Red October in the 2000 season and we were, you know, they were saying, oh, Oklahoma's going to go win three. That was that was kind of like, right, the, the speculation going into the Texas game. And then, of course, we beat the shit out of Texas. And, oh, you know, they're not ready for the physicality of K-State. By the way, K-State was as physical as a mother sucker. Like, man, I can't lie to you. That was a very physical game. But, of course, we go to Manhattan and we beat that ass. And then, oh, you know, that's cute. But now the number one team's coming into Norman. You got Crouch. You got you know, KU Craver and and uh, and Ralph and and these the Brown brothers at safety and they've got all these guys, whatever. Um, and of course, obviously we come and, and basically dominate them for three quarters after they jump on us 14-0. Now we're stars. Now every game we go to they're throwing oranges on the field. Now every Saturday, I'm doing three, like literally three, I am doing three or four media you know, whatever's right there, you know, ESPN, Sally Smith's come in. Uh, what's my man's name that played for the, uh, the, the, the Steelers who made all those catches and, uh, Lynn Swan is coming. I mean, we're doing interviews, you know, uh, that I, I wouldn't have imagined prior to that, that space. And I just remember how much more mentally difficult it, it began to be to win games. You know, uh, we struggled with Texas A&M at, at College Station, a team that we should have probably beaten by 10 to 14 points. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we won because T. Marshall had gorilla nuts. Right. And then we we go to OSU and I think they're like three and then three and seven coming into that game. And uh, they I never forget they rushed two. They've got nine guys in zone. Josh has a huge golf ball sized uh, burst of sack uh, on his elbow. And, you know, we find a way to win it like 12 7 or something, whatever the hell it was. We score on the first possession and then we basically kick a few field goals. Uh, but that was the mental side. That was can you uh, deliver when everybody expects you to deliver? And it's a different type of preparation, it's a different type of stress, it's a different type of anxiety. And so it'll be interesting to see how we uh, handle. Every game, I believe we're at least the 80% favorite uh, for the rest of the season. I think most of them are in the 90s even, right? Most of the games were like, you know, 91, 92. Um, and shout out. I think KU uh, like high or low 80s, high KU. Well, if uh, the rumors about Daniels in his back and some backdoor channels for him potentially to be transferring out, I, I ain't about to get another full business, but there's some back channel conversations about he's purposely hurt. And I wonder which coach would love to take a transfer from another school and potentially put him in a position to be the top guy. Do we, are there any coaches in America that have had that track record of doing that? There's, there's, there's rumors. There's rumors going around. That there is a particular program and coach who is telling this young man, they're tampering with this young man, say, hey, man, your back hurts. So next year you can play for another program. But uh, needless to say, that's going to be a tougher game. Um, we just got to continue to show up and get better. I think the mentality is win one week at a time. 
Um, every week we're going to play teams that have weaknesses that we can exploit. And I, I think more so than thinking about Big 12 championship or thinking about just the KU game, whoever, we play UCF next week. Where are the areas where we have the competitive advantage? Poke that spot until they break. We play whoever we play after that. Follow that same philosophy, right? And and, and the other thing we got to really do is, is get get the running game cleaned up. Is it majors? I don't know. I don't know if it's majors. If it's not majors, let's figure out who has that chemistry. Is the O line improving? They played their best game of the season against Texas. Are they going to continue to find guys? Green was the best player uh, on the O line Saturday. Uh, most consistent. I don't know about best. Some of the guy, the guys played well as a unit, but man, to see a young pup come in there in that game in that environment and play well. It was big time. I think the goal is to go six and zero one week at it. One and zero, six weeks in a row. Like that's what their intentions are. Um I, I wouldn't be surprised if they probably in two to three weeks start prepping for Texas again. The coaches. Right. Maybe one or two periods a day out of practice. Obviously, it's, it, assuming we're eight, no, nine and oh, prepping up for a big 12 championship. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two periods a day started start being dedicated to some of the things they anticipate seeing at Texas. But then here's the last part. Winners win. Everybody deals with pressure. Guess what? Practice is hard when you're 0 six. Practice is hard when you're six and oh. Practice is hard when you're getting all the, the 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 newspaper clippings and the internet clippings and the internet, you know, stuff. Practice is hard when you're not getting none, right? So choose your hard, right? The guys go to OU to play in this type of environment. I, I don't like the whole cliche of talking about like, you know, big, too big for the moment. Screw that. You came to OU to be in big moments. Go seize the moment and go play ball. Like that's the one thing I can say separates the champions from the paper champions or the pretenders. If OU was three and three, it would be hard, right? It would be hard. The coaches would be stressed out. The players would be who knows what, right? Texas would be getting all the hoopla right now. Recruiting would be harder. Recruiting is easier when you're six and oh. So, we know that what we have ahead of us is 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 relatively speaking also going to be hard. Embrace that shit. Embrace it. You have you 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 chose to be in this situation, and I think we have the makeup of a team that will. So I anticipate us winning every game. What what am I supposed to say? I think we're going to crap. You know, we're going to lay a goose egg. I don't think so. I don't think we can afford to. Right. So we got to go into the rest of the season with the expectation of being one and zero for six additional weeks. Uh, including the Big 12 championship. And damn it, let's get to the playoffs. I don't think Michigan's better than us. I don't give a Michigan ain't played. Did you talk about Oklahoma is ain't played nobody? Who was who's Michigan played? I haven't played anyone yet, man. They they've dominated their games, they but have. they have not played an opponent that's really forced them to be to be. I don't even know if they've played like a Cincinnati. No, like I, the best game, the best win's probably Nebraska. Yeah, and I would say Cincinnati right now is probably a touchdown better than Nebraska. Ten points. Yeah, Nebraska is anemic scoring. They have a very difficult time putting the ball. In the I would, if they play tomorrow, neutral field, I would pick Cincinnati. Hundred percent. So, 100%. yeah. Oh, oh, so OU has been they've been challenged, challenged yet until till the Texas game, and then they were able to pass that. So, so I think playoffs are are absolutely a a serious goal for this team, even if it didn't seem like that was the going in. I just think fans were cautiously optimistic. You talked about it all the time. It was, 
a lot of things had to happen for this team to be where they're at. We had to say Dylan Gabriel needed to make the jump or Jackson needed to be a superstar. Well, the the uh, the first one happened. Dylan made yeah. a he is a he is a totally different player. Um, I honestly predict if OU goes, if they go six and zero, Dylan is going to be right there to to win the Heisman Trophy. He's going to finish top two. I think he finishes in the top two if Oklahoma goes six and zero because that means he probably balled out with how OU's run game is, with the the way the run game has been, with the receivers OU has, and of course we haven't talked about Anthony. We'll talk about that later in the week. Um, that that hurts. But I think OU has a serious shot, DMAC, to, to make a run, particularly this year where no team, there's no Alabama of a few years ago, there's no Georgia even a season ago with Stetson Bennett, that those teams aren't out there this year. At least they haven't showed themselves yet. Ohio State is very beatable. They've got a lot of issues that, unfortunately, Oklahoma doesn't have. And at the end of the day, and then I'll leave it with this, you see what's going on at USC, and this isn't a pile-on, just a, a pile-drive Lincoln-Riley deal. And you see the way the fans have started to kind of they're, – they're peeling back. They, it's not buyer's remorse, so to speak, DMAC, but it's a little bit. The, so the, they, they started driving that car, and they realized, man, it looked real good. It looked really shiny when we first got it. But, man – we drove it, drove it a couple hundred miles, and it's leaking oil. Now it's uh, we 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 got a got a leak in the exhaust, right? It's all these things that that you that are fundamental issues when it comes to trying to win a college football playoff game. You got to be able to have those dialed in, and Oklahoma finally has a defense that plays. Just forget personnel and everything. They play with discipline. They play with intent. And they play with with kind of a reckless intensity that is reminiscent of some good Oklahoma defenses. And, and when the personnel gets right, you're going to really see something. And I think OU is probably a year or two away from just lining up and being able to beat anybody in the country on any given day at the line of scrimmage and in the back seven. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody for, for listening today. As always, go check out the social media at Barry and Mac S H W on uh, on the X. Find DMAC at D underscore Mac 13. Find me at BYS Fitness at letter B W I S E Fitness. Thank you all for tuning in today, and we will see you soon.